welcome to Dope Ass. Oh, I'm tripping. I don't even know the name of a fucking podcast. We're the dopest fuck goddesses. Dopest fuck goddesses. <laughs> I was going to say dope goddesses. I was like, oh, I'm missing a part. Yeah, yeah dope We're as dope fuck goddesses, goddesses and we're dope as fuck. <laughs> Welcome to Dope as Fuck Goddesses podcast. My name is Osei K Wen. And my oh. name is Mindy. Mm-hmm. Mindy Sue. Mindy Sue. We're in Memphis, Tennessee. We are um, master magicians. Very master magician. <laughs> <laughs> the masterful magician. Masterful magicians, which is goddesses, whatever, you know, out the box, unconventional beings. Mm. And we wanted to create a podcast to really honestly share our dopeness because we feel like everybody has the right to experience our energy. No, I'm just kidding. No, for real though, we want to just share our hearts, you yeah. know, and and share our fun and enjoyment with, with everybody that wants to listen. The other dopest fuck goddesses out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And hopefully, in our conversation, we inspire you to mm-hmm. tap into your own dopeness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, that being said. Let's just start our first episode with who we are and what we think is dope as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you go. Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Or, okay. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> I'm in my 30s. <laughs> vague. Uh, vague. Super, super vague. Good. I'm in my 30s. <laughs> and I, uh, I'm sure you can tell by my first name that it's unusual. So I am Nigerian. I was born in Nigeria. I came to the States when I was four um, and found my way to our family. Started off in Illinois, then we found our way to Missouri. And then now um, I'm here in Memphis. I came to Memphis for graduate school. My parents got a divorce. My mama was like, you know, I don't want to be in Rolla, Missouri any longer by myself. She was looking for a husband. Mm-hmm. So she came to Memphis. Yeah. Town of the Blues and Bill Street. She had fun here. So Good. she was like, I'm going to yeah. come to Memphis. And then I didn't know what I wanted to do after I graduated from Mizzou. So I just ultimately, I'm lying. I did know what the fuck I wanted to do. <laughs> but I didn't get what I wanted. So yeah. then I had to do the second best thing. Right. So I actually wanted to go into the Peace Corps. Yeah. And, um... And I also thought about doing Teach for America. Well, Teach for America denied me because I didn't speak Spanish. Uh, They're lost. Wah, wah. And then Peace Corps, I got really intimidated yeah. because of their requirements. Oh, and I yeah. just felt like I wasn't, I don't know, it was weird. So, yeah. I, so the, I went to grad school mm-hmm. and I went to Memphis. I came mm-hmm. to Memphis to be closer to my mom. So... Um, that's how you ended up in Memphis. That's how I ended up in Memphis. Yeah. And I hated it oh, for yeah. so long. Yeah. Now I, like, love it. And I yeah. can't imagine. Transplants always do. Man. It's like a plant that you transplant. Plant. Right? <laughs> like, and, they're, and they, like, drop all their leaves and they're not happy and they cry about it for a while. And then they're like, oh, now I'm rooted. Mm-hmm. And I understand the soil. And I understand the reason you, re- you put me in this bigger, better pot. I love that analogy. Yeah. That's exactly Memphis what happened. Like, and yeah, so I'll let you finish how you got here. But yeah, because so that's I have, exactly. I have the same story where yeah. I had to get used to Memphis before mm-hmm. I loved it. I remember like I would drive into Memphis, and I would immediately feel 
this energy of like helplessness and hopelessness yeah. and then I would just get sad yeah you know yeah. and it wasn't like I I mean I had a, I was in school I was right. working full time it wasn't like I you know wasn't making money I mean I was yeah doing all the, but the energy was just like, yeah it's oh a God. heavy yeah, yeah. It's so you heavy. have to learn to transmute I think before you love Memphis yeah yeah definitely yeah I had, and I it's had, very an, an energy that you have to turn into something better. Mm-hmm. It's that grit. The grit and grind is that you find, right, the thing that needs polish mm-hmm. and put mm-hmm. it under elbow grease so that it'll be your diamond. Because it's like Memphis is like when people are like, oh, yeah, haha, grit and grind. Like, no, unless you've been in Memphis for a while, you don't understand what that really means mm-hmm. until you're like, oh, yeah, that's why I love Memphis is because I can turn in. Like, I see the beauty mm-hmm. in the dirtiness, mm-hmm. the grittiness of it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I live in the hood and you currently. Can, yeah, and you can take that energy and turn it into, like, something that works for you in this yes. town. Yeah. Yes, yes. So if you can't alchemize or transmute whatever it is that you do with that energy, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're going to leave. Memphis is heavy. Yeah. yeah you you have to be strong it. to carry it. It's not five-pound weights. It's, like, 25-pound mm-hmm. weights. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly how to turn in. Like, you know how like dead roses can be beautiful. That's yes, kind of like yeah. I had to really make it beautiful for me, mm-hmm. and it and it wasn't easy. Yeah, and I tried to leave. I tried several times. Oh yeah, to leave, and every time I would try to leave, there was some sort of, something blocking my way, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, shit." Right. You know, so it's like, "Well, fuck." Let me just try to make this work. You know, right, right. and now I can't imagine. I can't imagine living. I mean, like, definitely, like, I've looked love- into it, right? It's yeah. like a dream, but then I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. Nothing is like Memphis. Nothing's like <laughs> Memphis. I've even told, told myself recently that if I were to ever move, moving forward, nine times out of ten, it's going to be out of country. Yeah. You know, like, maybe there could be other places that I live in the United States. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to rule that out. Right. But I feel like if, 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 if I, like, at this point, that's probably would be my next step. Yeah. I you know? Yeah, like, I'm like, Memphis or Canada. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't really, I I don't want West Coast. I don't want East Coast. Mm-hmm. I'm not going further south. Mm-mm. I really don't want anything in the Midwest. Right. Like, oh, Seattle God, no. might be cool, but then Seattle's so close to Vancouver. Like, you might just I would be just in. be in, <laughs> like, in Vancouver. I just want to hop up to Canada then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so that's I you. Made, that's yeah. me. Like I made, and you know what? Too, I think Memphis was where I really had the opportunity to find myself, and I think mm-hmm. maybe that's where this whole also where the grit and grind comes yeah, in. Yeah. Is like I really had to find myself, otherwise I was like losing it. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and again, those roots. Like you have to be stable and sturdy and like supported in Memphis before mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. you grow up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I got to, so I, I got my master's in counseling, but right before I graduated with my counseling degree, I, you know, you had to do your hours. I had to do, like, yeah. a couple hours. And so I went to the heart center. I wanted to do something different because mm-hmm. I felt like traditional counseling wasn't, like, it wasn't gelling for yeah. me. There's something that just was off right. with it. I felt like they were missing the spiritual component. And I knew, let me be even more transparent. Additional transparency is my clinical director was t- was using um, foreigners as examples of having schizophrenia. 
mm-hmm. or some sort of psychosis when they would come in and talk about they were being like hexed and cursed um, or a spell was put on them or witching. You know, she mm-hmm. specifically had a Nigerian man. She used him as an example, you know, and basically was like the whole concept of being witched. We call it, we say, oh, she witched me or whatever. Right, right. Ultimately meaning like putting a hex or yeah. a curse was psychosis. And I was sitting in class knowing that I grew up, I'm Nigerian. Right. 100%. Exactly. I grew up in a Nigerian household. Exactly. The concept of witching is very real. Yeah. And my my mother would, there would be nights where she'd be, the next day she'd be like, oh yeah, somebody came to visit me last night and try to like, you know, this is probably a whole other conversation, but. <laughs> <laughs> but basically like, I knew in that moment I was like, this is I'm not right I'm not gelling I'm not gelling I cannot do traditional counseling I'm gonna have to find some other route yeah and so the heart center in Memphis Tennessee Mm -hmm. you know fused the traditional counseling and alternative healing and so they were not on the list of of approved sites to do my hours yeah so I had to like maneuver my way I had to go go to the owner of the heart center say hey are you even willing to be to take me in mm-hmm. as your first intern and take the responsibility of being my supervisor for my hours for my degree. And then once they agreed, then I had to go to my clinical and director and be like, yeah, exactly. Right. And one of the stipulations for Jane and Keith, Jane Abraham, Keith Henderson, was that I would do my personal work. Yeah. And at that time, I was already unraveling. Right. You know, I was right. like dealing with my dad. That's a whole other conversation. But I was like, Sure. And I mean, literally, mm-hmm. is all she wrote. Right. I started doing breath work, yeah. and that was it. Yeah. Boom, Reiki, right. Lifeline, everything right. just came after that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm a completely different person than I was yeah. when I first came to Memphis. Mm-hmm. So that's me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I work in IT. Yeah. As my vanilla life, as right. you say. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, mm. how about you? Yes. Oh, I love I love that story, though, I have to say. Thank you. I love to hear that. Thank you for sharing it. Mm-hmm. Mm, I was born in Florida to young children, fresh out of high school. You know, my parents were the epitome of, like, mid 80s high school hair band kids oh. like you know like it always makes me think of like um like maybe dazed and confused or like uh, the mm. high the high school one the movies of the 80s right yes. where they're like yeah. you know high school kids running around yes being like um fair like ferris Bueller's last day yeah type of, or something like that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. or like I don't remember. It's like Fremont High or... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I can't remember the name of that movie. But, yeah. Like, isn't it called Is it Fremont, Fremont High? High? Maybe. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Now I want to Google it, but... You yeah. Know, you know what? You know what <laughs> Google it. Yeah. So, my... So, you know, like, my mom was a cheerleader. My dad was a hairband guy with a oh, skateboard and guitars, nice. right? And yeah. he... You know, like, I think you've seen pictures of him, but he's, like, super 80s hairband looking. Like, he looks like he fell out of poison. <laughs> and my mom, like saw him at a school bus and so I was born in Florida and I was a beach baby until I was like five like I just my parent my grandparents owned their own cable company and oh wow my mom still lived with her parents when I was young so it was like 
We would vacation in the Keys every weekend. We would spend like four-day weekends. Every week, they would do four-day weekends in the Keys. And like my uncle would miss school and stuff. That sounds amazing. And so I was always naked on the beach. Until I was oh. five. Until I was five. Uh-huh. And then, my, so, so my parents got divorced when I was three, and my mom got remarried when I was five years old. So, when I started kindergarten, it was northern Indiana. I lived in South Bend with mm-hmm. my, that's where my stepdad was when my mom got remarried. Okay. So, we moved yeah. from Florida to Indiana. That's a drastic change. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also going from like being the mom, being mom, fast, fast times at Ridgemont High. High. Yeah. That's what I was it like, is. Fremont High. Yeah. Ridgemont. <laughs> No, that's something in Memphis. <laughs> so my, so, you know, yes. And, and that was like completely like put more in like an urban setting. And mm-hmm. I went to like the ghetto elementary school, right? I was always told like by cousins that I lived in the ghetto because oh they lived goodness. in like nicer neighborhoods or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like, I never understood, I never understood like what that meant. Yeah. And how like, could what you? Is yeah. I'm like, yeah. what does the ghetto mean? I'm five. I'm right. six. Right. Like, right. I, I don't know. And, like, I would look at my, like, now as an adult, I look back at my class pictures, and I'm like, it was, like, 12 black kids and, like, two white kids. <laughs> and I was like, you know, like, as I was growing up, I didn't realize that. And yeah. then I was like, oh, okay, like, I, I, you know, like, I didn't live in, like, the best part of town, quote, unquote. Right. right. Like, people would consider, like, I lived with, like, like, I was friends with kids who had older brothers and gangs. Like, it was mm-hmm. just something that was, like, normal. Mm-hmm. To, uh, like, we didn't. Right. That wasn't something weird that, like, all of her brothers hung out with, like, guns and drugs. <laughs> it was a culture. Yeah. It's, it's a, a, culture. it's a, and we would, like, go up there to see her. Like, you got to go get, tell your brother to come home. And we had to go get her brothers from oh, the convenience wow. stores. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. anyway. Yeah. So. I mean, if you were in another type yeah. of area, you might think that what was happening was foreign exactly it's because it's not part of your right right culture. like i remember like growing up listening to like rap i shouldn't have been listening to or like being in rooms with teenage boys watching porn and i was like you were 10 you know what i mean like things like that where it was like i was hanging out with you know older kids and mm-hmm. shit at, at like in elementary school and then in at 11 my dad moved us my stepdad mm-hmm. moved us from indiana to DeSoto County, right okay. outside of Memphis. Okay. So Gosh, then, you went from the beach to, to Midwest. The, yeah. To an even smaller space on the downtown. So some country shit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like a high school that was across the street from a cow field. Wow. So I went from like an elementary school that was like a block and was tall and mm-hmm. the gym was like inside on a floor mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. to like this like sprawled out you had to like walk to the gym because it was a different building there was cow pasture across the street oh my goodness it wasn't like a square block right like there was like a football field right we didn't have a football field right <laughs> right where you were yeah. in indiana mm-hmm, no. and then the, the, the demographics then i'm sure changed right. drastically too. right so i came to mississippi and i was like why are all the black kids on one side of the room and all the white kids are on another oh you know what God, i mean there wasn't a lot of segregation like there wasn't a lot of integration is what yeah I mean. yeah yeah it was very segregated mm-hmm. and i was like i don't understand this kind of cult you know like, like i didn't grow up like that in my elementary school so mm-hmm. it was even something that like I ha- I had to learn racism, if that makes... I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, no, it, that makes sense yeah. because ultimately racism is a construct. Like, I you had to born. come... Right, right. Yeah. And so, and also in elementary school, like when we lived in Indiana, my stepdad's best friend was a black woman named okay. Scarlett, right? Okay. Like, 
she was his best friend. That's who he hang out hung out with. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, he had other white male friends, too. But it was, like, that was his best friend at work. And, like, we were always, like, together at parties and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was, like, you know, then I came down to, like, Mississippi where people are, like, oh, no, you know, like. You don't hang out with those people. Right. White people don't hang out with black people. Or the white kids don't hang out with the black kids. Or, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was just very much, like. And I guess it got better as we all got older in high school, you know, and like sports would start to mix people together. You know, you would see, yeah, you would see like, oh, you're like wearing the same clubs together Mm -hmm. or, you know, high school puts you more into like making you do group projects in integrating like that. But Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, even like I had a friend named Farbulous. And he was, like, a black skater guy, right? And so it was, like, this big deal among, like, me and, like, my rock group friends of, like, white kids who listened to, like, different music that wasn't rap or black music, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was, like, even he was, like... A, a special thing like you know like he was like a treasure like they were like there's this black kid who skateboards and listens to rock music like, and wow, like oh like yeah, yeah what is up with you and i just always remember like thinking like what was it yeah, you know like it, it, it never made sense to me that like all the kids were like you're a you you talk white to him you know what i mean or like oh, oh you like slipknot instead of mm-hmm. three six mafia you know what i mean it was mm-hmm. like one of those things where it was like why is he, so, I mean, like, he was funny, and he was a good guy, and, like, you know, like, he was a friend. Yeah. But it was, like, why, why do all not- these white kids, like, want to put him on a pedestal and mm-hmm. be, like, like this is my black friend? You know, like, it was so, it was, like, one of those situations where they're all, like, I'm friends with Fabulous, and it's, like, because he's the whitest black kid. Like, you're friends with him because he's the whitest black kid. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and um, you're coming from Indiana Right, where and me coming from a different norm- culture like- where I was just, like, all right, guys. I'll follow the masses so I don't get burned at the stake. Mm-hmm. But really, I just, like, want to be friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like, I just love all y'all. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so, classic. I graduated high school in DeSoto County outside of Memphis. So, okay. I spent, like, my childhood trying to, like, get into Memphis, right? Like, when you're a teenager in boring-ass DeSoto County, you spend your whole teenage life getting rides and going to places that you're not supposed to be in Memphis, mm-hmm. you know, or buying weed on the streets you're not supposed to be on in Memphis. <laughs> right. And, um, I don't know. Like, I tried to leave, too. So, when I was 17, I went and lived in D.C. for a while. And that oh, was wow. a culture shock. Yeah. And then I was in Seattle for a couple months of that same year. Mm-hmm. And that was weird and different. But I came back to Memphis. Okay. okay. And it still took a while, like, right? Like, I graduated high school, and then I had a baby, and mm-hmm. then I got, I broke up from that, and then I started working all of these, like, you know, like, I got sucked into job after job after job. Mm-hmm. Some of them were, like, physical labor jobs and stuff. But ultimately, um, until I had, like, grief knock me down, and then yoga pick me back up, oh, wow. um, I didn't see Memphis the same way right like so I remember sitting after a roller derby tournament and we all went out to eat I remember sitting with some friends from Memphis and telling them how much I hated Memphis and they were like why do you hate Memphis you know what I mean and it was all the same answers like oh you know like 
there's nothing here. I'm not, you know, like there, it's just dead. People are unhappy. It's not what I mm-hmm. like the energy's had. Like I wasn't transmuting that into something, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was just letting the heaviness of Memphis make me miserable. Yeah. Instead of being like, let me turn what I'm feeling or let me turn this grit into, you know, mm-hmm. something, something beautiful. beautiful. So you know, kundalini yoga mm-hmm. and roller derby, um, t- tuning into my body and mm-hmm. connecting with my chakras, getting more in tune with energy work, breath work, meditation, sweating, mm-hmm. cleansing, clearing, magic, mm-hmm. all of it, you know. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I mean, on, on the witchy history, like, I was 12 in Mississippi when I found witchcraft. And, oh, wow, you were young. And I would read, like witchcraft books and secret in my closet and go to church with boyfriends oh. because they were going to church on Wednesdays. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would sit in these Bible study classes, but really just want to be at home reading about herbs and oils and so crystals. So what was it that kind of spurred that interest so young in that way? Friends. Friends. So okay. friend, So the craft movie came out. Oh, yeah. And I had, I had three friends who were also about it. Okay. And so we formed a four-way coven and we would go into the woods and we would recite the craft word for word wow like we would just be like in the craft movie in the in the woods pretending we were each of the characters pretty dope and then but then like you know i found like the introduction to witchcraft or whatever it is buckland's blue book Mm -hmm. i never read it that a friend let me borrow right it's just very it's very much like wiccan-y kind of so you were reading you know. in secret. So then there was something so, about you that you knew that this yeah, was going to be like, yeah. And I would accepted. like take notes. I would like, I still have like journals where I have to write down like what crystals meant what. Mm-hmm. And I would like, I remember just like, I would have them like in my closet under like a basket or something like in the back of the closet. And like my parents weren't like judgy people. Like my parents were very hippie and laid back and like blue collar. Mm-hmm. So they weren't going to be like. Have an issue with it. Have her committed. You know what I mean? Especially my mom. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you know, I was very much like, I live in Mississippi. This is the and South. You, yeah. And I, By you know that what point, I mean? like, you had felt the vibe of like. Oh, yeah. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't pagan churches on every corner, you know? So that's interesting. So then it makes me wonder if you were still in Indiana and having discovered, you know, having watched the craft, maybe, and had some friends there, yeah. that you would have been more out and open at such maybe. a young age. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting yeah. how, like, location, mm-hmm. not just, like, family or whatever, right. but, like, actual physical right. location right. completely shifts. And I think back to the parents of the kids I hung out with in the urban quote unquote or ghetto quote unquote. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like there were like black moms doing their witchcraft and energy work and whatever yeah. you want to like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there were like Mexican mothers. Like mm-hmm. one of my best friends in the fifth grade was Athena Orozco. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And her mother, okay. you know, her mother was very, Dia de los Muertos. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, she, you know, she was in in it. And I think, like, maybe I would have grown up around, like, these powerful women with these witchcraft abilities teaching their daughters how, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. That's incredible. But instead I moved to, like, where baptism takes over everything. You know what I mean? And, like, 
all the boys, all the boys play football and, and go to fucking church. Right? Yeah. So, right. 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 Oh my god. I like Everything's adapted repressed. and Camille chameleoned. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You had to. Right. And yeah. so, you know, and then at a young age was like abandoned by a boyfriend with a baby. And like I, I was like epitome like got pregnant on prom night by my high school boyfriend type of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was like a guy I had loved since middle school. And then we dated when I was a freshman and we broke up until I was a senior. And then got pregnant on prom night. And then he just... Yeah, well, he cheated on me. He tried, you know. We stayed together for like a year after that. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, yeah, he cheated on me. And it wasn't... We were just kids trying to... You know, like, I look at it now and I'm like, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But I was super heartbroken at 19. Of course. Especially with a baby. Right, right. So I was a single mom and I did... I got an office job and, like I said, you know, just... Job after job after job after job. Lost my dad. Quit a job I had had for a long time. Mm-hmm. Went to culinary school. Oh, wow, more, really? More, yeah, at La Cole in Memphis. Okay. Had a, had another office job. Lost my mom. And then... Did that's cleaning you... houses. Okay. Then moved to the yoga studio. Right? Gotcha. And that's where we met. Yes. We met at Delta Groove Yoga Delta studio. Groove Yoga, Memphis, Memphis Tennessee. Tennessee. Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... You know, I I had to be, like, really knocked down with grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, then, like, picked up by yoga, mm-hmm. which, you know, like I say, I, I give all the credit to yoga, but I had to do the yoga. You had to do the yoga. So. And you had some foundation, <clears throat> even with the witchcrafty things. Right, right. To be able to open up to some of those concepts. Right. Not saying yoga is witchy, but yoga it is ha- witchy. It came, yeah, and, yeah, I, and I practice yoga, witchy. Yeah, right. right. Like, I practice it in a witchy way because that's how it relates Mm-hmm. To what I was already practicing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So Absolutely. yeah, and then that's you know I'm uh, somewhere in that story I got married and I have five <laughs> children. <laughs> Side note: Yay. I've been married for fifteen years and I have five children. So yeah. it's like you know everything in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I love to travel. I love to read. I. Write and paint and roller skate and I think it's so cool that you're part of a derby team. I'm not anymore, but oh. I was. But okay. yeah, yeah. I I mean I ha I especially since I had Alara two years ago, I haven't really like practiced derby. Okay. I've been on skates, but not very much in the last two years, right? Okay. So I've been on skates a little more like the summer, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that's the most I've skated in a couple of years. But yeah, Derby was really awesome. I made a lot of amazing friends and it was really talking about like you know I'll take over the conversation from here talking about Memphis that was when I started to feel fit, like I fit somewhere with, with roller, roller derby, derby. Mm-hmm. so I found roller derby in within the grief of my dad mm-hmm. okay um and then I really really got into it after I lost my mom okay and then my roller derby sister opened up downtown yoga Oh, wow. Which is how I got into yoga. Okay. And then downtown yoga, a teacher teaching at downtown yoga suggested a full moon ritual at Delta Groove Yoga. That's how. And that's how I, so that was like my whole, like, so even roller derby led me to yoga, which led me to Delta Groove, which led me to almost everything that I did from Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So, you know. You had to go through your grit though. Right, right. And so, and roller derby was that grit. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like. Roller derby for me was like the get knocked down, feel the pain in my body. I was so numb from grief that like 
feeling these huge bruises and then feeling so sore I can't stand up from a toilet. And, you know, like the way that roller derby, like, literally, like, made me drenched in sweat when I would leave the practice. Like, really tuned me into my body and that I was alive, right? Like, Mm because grief had numbed me so much and had me fearing death. Oh that like goodness. roller derby had me like feel like you're still alive. Your heart is beating. You're st- you can get knocked down and get back up. Like st- like live this life. Yeah. And then especially after I lost my mom, like it literally saved my life. Like That's if I didn't go to roller derby, I would have just like spiraled down. Who knows mm-hmm. where? Because mm-hmm. I was not coping healthily. Wow! It gave the energy a place to go. Mm-hmm. And then outlet, outlet and relief. Yeah, I would like cry at derby practices. I would throw up. The sweat of it was good for my body, right? Like I was releasing so much, like detoxing physically of like the shit that I was putting. You know, like Mm -hmm. the drugs and alcohol that I was numbing from grief Mm -hmm. was was physically coming out of me. And then also like. I knew I needed to, like, eat protein before practice. So I was, like, drinking more water so I could sweat and not feel sick after and get headaches. You so know, by so, like, default, even, it was right, healthier. Right. Even just because, like, I wanted to skate that day, I was, like, making sure I had something green to eat. Wow. Because I wanted to skate that day, I was making sure, like, I had a protein shake. So mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, heavy on my stomach, but I had something digested, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, water, water, water. Because I was getting headaches after practices and stuff, too. Wow. It's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah. 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 So and you had to find it for yourself. You mm-hmm. did you you had a choice no, right. to like spiral run, down spiral, right. you know hate Memphis. Hate Memphis. All of it. Yeah. You know, sometimes people like will just leave and Right. And sometimes it's fine to like leave a city yeah. because you, you need, need to. Yeah. Right. But yeah, Memphis makes you like face yourself. Yeah, it does. You know? It does. Yeah. And then yoga I feel like was the shine. You know what I mean? Like, like roller derby taught me to be rough about it, mm-hmm. right? And to, like, push myself beyond my normal. Mm-hmm. And then yoga taught me to, like, slow down and shine it and make it pretty and, like, radiate out, mm-hmm. right? And share that with others. And, it's beautiful. And also, like, to connect to my calm because I was very much angry through my grief. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to handle my anger. And I had two Scorpio fathers. My mother was a Libra and she married two Scorpios, one, like, back to back, like, <laughs> My fa- my birth father was a Scorpio. My stepfather was a Scorpio. So I very much had these, like, patriarchal, intense, angry, you know what I mean? Fiery. Don't want to talk about their problem. Like, yeah. don't talk about their feelings. Just kind of, like, throw them back at you, mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. Upbringing from the masculine. Yes, you didn't know. You didn't know how to handle it. And then with the roller derby, you know... The anger was coming out, mm-hmm. which is what was needed. Right. You know, but then yeah. you needed to also then learn how to, how to actually work with it. How to actually, like, be yeah, consciously yeah. transmuting it. Yeah, and channel. Yeah. So, be like, I'll take this anger, turn it into something else, and mm-hmm. then send it where I need it to go mm-hmm. so that I'm at least doing something constructive. Yeah. Trans- transmutation, alchemy, all of it. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So, that's me. Wow incredible yeah and then we kind of just crossed paths a little bit yes like we saw each other coming and going at the studio but you yes. didn't work there anymore and i, I did, did. Mm-hmm. and we had had conversations and yeah i, I know, we, know talked, we talked about and we've been in classes and workshops yeah. but yep. not like hanging out outside the studio right right and then we ended up in the same well we saw each other out at events yes so, like, there was a couple times we even crossed paths outside the studio <laughs> but not consciously hanging out still yeah exactly 
Yes. So our paths kept being like, hey, hang out, y'all. Right. <laughs> but then we were in the same yoga training. training. So mm-hmm. COVID hit mm-hmm. and we did on- online yoga, yoga teach teacher training, training mm-hmm. so for worked. 200 hours. Yep. We spent three months or more together. Yeah. And I wasn't and, and sure it was you. I know. I was like, this isn't a, a unique name. And I was like, me? Mm-hmm. No. I couldn't. I, I guess I really. I was like, there's no way. Because mm-hmm. in my mind, you had you were already a yoga teacher. I, yeah, I was already and certified. I was like, what? Why is she here in this beginner's this course? Be, I'm like, I have to be tripping. Like, I'm tripping. I'm mm-hmm. tripping. And so I'm glad that you, you messaged me. And I was like, oh, my God, it literally is her what the hell is what is she doing we ended up in the same teaching class of that thing so it's like not only did we end up in some random online teacher training together Mm -hmm. from the same city but then they put us into groups so that we would teach together and you were in my teaching group so we had to plan classes three different times together yes did i tell you how i got into your group did i ever have that conversation with you i remember you told me that you were trying to trade groups and they put you in our group oh my god i really so this is this goes along with how there's divinities at play here yeah with our with what's going on with us because i was assigned to a different group of course Mm -hmm. and I was really trying to be like very active, you know, with them in parts, you know, and set everything up and um, I would message them and they would ignore my message and then have a conversation, you know, separate from separate, separate from me. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would throw an idea out there and it would be like fall on deaf ears Mm. and then somebody else would be, and I'm like, I'm trying, like, what is happening here? Invisible. Right. And so at that same time, you know, our country. Well, yeah. We're kind of always going Things were going racial. crazy, but though. Things, it was Mar. It was May, June yeah, it of was 2020. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So. We'll get to that conversation, too. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm already naturally just pro-black power. Right. I mean, I have a history exactly. of. Rightfully work, so. Right. Yeah. You know, I have a history of, like, voicing my opinion. And that's yeah. in college. Yes. I mean, like, I have that. Yes. So. Here I am in yoga teacher training, like, doing it for me. Yeah. You know, wanting a respite, picking this particular, you know, Olivia wanted me to do kundalini training. Yeah. You know, and she even offered me, Yeah, you were telling me. You almost started that But I I had discovered Mm -hmm. Adi, and I was like, this woman, even though she's white, seems to represent what it is that I'm looking for in terms of why I would even learn yoga in the first place. And we both thought we were signing up for trauma-informed training, And we both thought, yeah, yeah. To be fair, we we thought this was 200 hours of trauma-informed. We didn't know that was extra. Right, right. (laughs) So I was, like, looking, so I wasn't expecting that type of, like, blatant, like, ignoring of me as yeah, a black woman exactly in, in this, in this group com- in this right type of right in this environment yeah so i <clears throat> i just said i was like you know what like i don't have to deal with this yeah i don't have to make anybody see me right i don't have to make them you know um conscious and aware of like their unconscious biases yeah. because that's what that was yeah because they're gonna say that they're not racist right you know they don't see color or no. whatever the fuck they want to say right right but nonetheless you're treating you're, me yeah you're not answering me or yeah. responding in a timely manner yeah. or even acknowledging that i'm speaking right right and so i had even like gotten so far i was like this is what i want to this is the part that i want to do i mean like it was just crazy so i messaged you know soul work and i was like you guys have to take me out this group because 
one, they're unconsciously biasing me. And two, I'm doing this for my own personal respite. I don't want to have to teach anybody. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to have a conversation to tell these women. Pay hell, attention. Pay to me. attention. Yeah. You're literally like manifesting racist behavior right now without even realizing right, right. it. You and know? we're having a whole global conversation about this. And we're having a whole this. global conversation about this. And it's like, I don't, I told, I mm. actually told Adi. She called, you know, we yeah, had a conversation. Good. I was like, Adi. I have, I am, I have been talking and talking to white people for years. Right. On this training, I don't want to talk to no motherfucking white person. Right, right. About what they should should have been doing. Exactly. I don't want to do that. So, you know, just move me to another group. Right. And it was, and I looked at the list (laughs) and I was like, Mindy Frank. (laughs) Shut up. And like I said, I was like, okay, that's a unique name. Yeah. I was like, there's no way. And then I was like, and I mean... Hmm. This is weird. Yes. <laughs> it's like it has to be meant to be. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's how I felt too. I was yeah. like, ain't this about a Yeah. And they I there's no way they would have known. There's no, no way. No, no, they didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Okay. All right, this is happening. Yeah. And then we had a test one day and we were together and we we're like, we're in the same room. That Can we hang hilarious. out all day? <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't planning on even being there yeah, long. No. And they were like, happened. you're in the we same just... room. We're doing tests. What are y'all doing? <laughs> it's test night. Why are you in the same room? Listen, it was completely yeah. not planned. But hey. That's us. Yeah. Yeah. That's us in a nutshell. So I'm glad for it. And um, sometimes you just need, you know from the universe yeah yeah you guys hang out yeah <laughs> spend time together damn it <laughs> okay so yeah and then we were always like texting each other during classes during class. <laughs> I they and laughing about a lot i bet they do like, they're like those two <laughs> in the back of the class attention. they're not even paying attention <laughs> They're talking but to each we other. we were, but we were, though. Yeah. Because we were like, talking about the class. Yeah. And on Zoom, you could see, like, you laugh and put your phone down. And then I would laugh and put my phone down. And then you would pick your phone up and laugh. I was trying to be sneaky. Here's <laughs> the thing. is like, I'm trying to sneak Me my too. phone and not be seen. Me but though too. my whole face exactly. is giving it away. Right. We're, like, <laughs> being nerds. So then we were like, let's do a podcast. No, you know what? You had that dream that night. <sighs> Which and one? I was thinking about I that. Had so many dreams. Well, the day that you mentioned the podcast to me. Yes. Um, it was that that more that before you had a dream. But I don't think that you ever told me like the details. You probably don't remember it at this point. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but you anyway, remember more about it. <laughs> you had a dream and I couldn't remember if it was I was in the dream mm-hmm. when we were doing a podcast or it was that you had a dream about the podcast. And when you woke up, you thought about me being mm-hmm. the person. I could, I, I can't I don't remember, remember either. the sequence. There. Yeah, but I was like, I, I hate, like, I don't want to do podcasts. I was always like, I don't want to do my own podcast. I don't want to mm-hmm. interview people. Mm-hmm. And like, people were always like, "Will you be on my podcast?" And I did Diana's, remember? Yeah. But I was still like awkward. I feel like, like, I'm very self conscious. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "This is awkward. I don't like listening to myself talk." And so I would, like, I was always like, I'll never, I don't want to do podcasts. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, something, like, I had a dream where we were hanging out or I was doing a podcast and it was supposed to be you. But I was just like, as much fun as I've had all summer, Mm -hmm. like, 
talking to you, like, or you would call me and I would be at work and we would just like laugh for 20 minutes before we hung up. And I was just like, we should film or record this Mm -hmm. and just like let everyone hear us talking about our like social justice warrior shit and (laughs) (laughs) and our own thoughts about yeah yeah. but and Mm -hmm. also the like she's black and i'm white (laughs) and we're talking about racism and bullshit yeah orgasm (laughs) orgasm what Ah, i'm frozen i don't know what to say That got dropped. That just got dropped. Yeah. In the spirit in that moment. It was needed, obviously. <laughs> right. So, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how. And, you know, for me, like, I've had several people come to me about podcasts. Yeah. You know? It's a hot thing. Yeah. And, like, even even some years ago, my college girlfriends had mentioned this, like, right. being, like, a, like, a, yeah, they've been around for a while. Thing. Yeah. And it's like... Because of the way that we... Ten years ago, I had a friend start a podcast, and I was like, what? At yeah. your kitchen table? You talking to a mic? Like, what? You know what I mean? Like, I was like, podcasts are weird. Who yeah. listens to podcasts? Yeah. And then I started falling in love with podcasts. And I love podcasts. I love yeah. listening to them. Yeah. But yeah, I had several... I've had three different moments where podcast was mentioned yeah. that involved me right being in the podcast yeah it, but it just had never cringe. come to like fruition. for me i'm like mm. yeah i just hadn't yeah well i wasn't cringe about it i just <clears throat> i definitely cringe you definitely cringe. <laughs> i definitely yeah. cringe i'm like I, I wasn't cringe about it but it just never transpired it just never it just didn't go anywhere and i researched like i think like a few years ago i actually researched what it would be like to put on a podcast because I recognized it. I'm a talker. I like to talk. Yeah. But nothing ever really gelled with these different these different pockets of people that right. had mentioned it. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's what I, that's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. Like nothing really like actually gelled to where the energy coalesced together to actually make it happen. Right. You know, it was just conversations. Oh, we have these cool conversations. Let's do a podcast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Do it. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. just never So anyway, yeah, I had to like I had to feel the kind. I had to uh, because I had those three experiences before where it right, right. fell dead. I right. was like, let me just sit on it for a second. But then we had that day where, before I know it, I'm like, we're buying the domain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you came up with the name. I don't even know how you came up with the name. You, you came up, said I was a dope as fuck goddess. I called you a dope as you fuck goddess. You called me a dope as fuck goddess, and I was like, that's uh, the name of our podcast. And then I was like, dopeasfuckgoddesses.com. dot com. Yeah. <laughs> And then you looked up the hashtag. The Instagram. And there was, yeah, and there was yeah, nothing. No. I mean, yeah, so here we are. Right. Mm-hmm. The universe said, make it so. <laughs> and there it is. Yeah. What you going to do when the universe comes for you? Right. Mm-hmm. Can't fight the universe. Mm-mm. Cosmic energies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to come back around. So I did a I did a reading actually on <clears throat> on us with the podcast. What's today? Sunday. I did it. Yeah. Sometime last week, I think. Yeah. And you came as the Prince of Wands, and I came as the Princess of Wands, and the the past was a devil. I think was the the kind of bringing it on and thinking about it 
and the present was the emperor reversed. This is using Toth cards, but Toth, I mean, Toth cards. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. there's not really a reverse. It's just like Got emphasis, it. you but know? But, yeah. but it was mental interference, ultimately, because I ended up pulling interference and ruin. Mm-hmm. Which, so there's like mental weirdness right. going on or whatever presently. And then, but the outcome was the full new journey. Mm, yeah. And so, um, but the the main energy that we need to pay attention to was the fact that, or I need to pay attention to, was the fact that me and you were both the prince and princess of wands. Yeah. And, you know, so essentially brother and sister. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Partners. there's a connection. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then um, the way forward was the princess of Di- the prince of disc, which is the one that's on the night that's in the field with the, the farm. And he's like guarding over the farm. And yeah. he's like... He's this done his work, yeah. yeah, and he's, like, patient and laboring and also protective, but mm-hmm. just kind of taking his time, yeah. very Taurus type of energy. Yeah. And if we were it's the to... the support, the stability. This, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. And if we were to tap into that type of energy, yeah. you know, um, that we can have our Ace of Cups. Mm-hmm. That was the outcome of that, was the Ace of yeah. Cups. But because it's the the fool is very much right, present right. because we're right. on the journey. Exactly. It could... And we've never done podcasts before. We're We're like, what do we do? How do we push these buttons? (laughs) What makes it go? Oh, no. It's okay. It's just water. And, but, um, when I asked about, okay, how do we, what, what, what's going to happen with this fool? It literally came back as, um, either indolence or prudence. Mm, so so that means that basically and we know this as witches it's like we're ultimately in the control of our own destiny but literally it can be over excessive to the point where it spoils Mm -hmm. or we can have this very strong you know abundant plant yeah you know and it's just that we water and take care of of we have this great balance You know, and so we can have that. Because it's more fun and beautiful and flowy and yeah. natural right. than it is like, oh, we got to do our thing that we don't want to do or yeah. it's on the calendar and it's so boring. And that's what we were saying before we even started recording. I remember it was like, we're both like, I don't know. I just want to flow and be fun. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to have, I'm not putting like stipulations or parameters or whatever on it. It's just like. Are we going to record? Okay, cool. <laughs> now or later? And we're both like, I don't know, now or later? I don't know. Do you want to do it now or later? I don't know. Do you want to do it now or later? <laughs> yes, definitely. And I'm okay with that. You yeah. Know, because also, that to me is, even though like the Prince of Disc is on some levels maybe like meticulous because he's taking care of the farm and garden the farm and like mm-hmm. he's able to see everything. Yeah. You know, but I think ultimately he also takes his time and so i'm i'm i've been okay with the way that things have transpired because it's taking of time yeah you know yeah and you know just energetically just setting like just a foundation for you know our connection and that kind of thing and just allowing it to blossom in that way you know so anyway yeah awesome we've even talked (laughs) <laughs> we knew it was gonna be easy to just i we do this all the time i do it for everything in my life which like that's we my had, anxiety we would have had like 15 episodes if we ever just By like now. pressed record before <laughs> that's 
so next that episode. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be our first episode. Yeah, that flowed really add? well. Yeah. Is there oh, I'm sorry. Add? I'm like, yeah. Anything to add? No. Mm-mm. Just you know, keep listening to us yeah. if you're interested. See if have... the next episode is as good as yeah, this one. <laughs> yeah. I think it will be. Thanks for listening and. Yeah, peace out. Yeah. Peace out, dude. Be dope as fuck. Be dope as fuck.